welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. Another week, and here we are. The automotive team, uh, the uh, group of uh, folks that uh, sit in the studio every Saturday at this time. And we don't sing to you, by the way. This is the true oldie station. Let's get that clear. We're just... Uh, we're just, I don't want to pat myself on the back or the rest of the folks in the studio here, but we are experts on automobiles. And we're a, spe- a specific type of expert because we're telling you not how to build a car or anything like that. We want to tell you how you can buy or lease a car or maintain or repair your car without being ripped off by your car dealer. Uh, we have a good following here. We have a good rating on the station. A lot of folks uh, tune us in every Saturday between 8 and 10. We've got some new folks out there, so I always, I always have to explain ourselves because we are different. I know everybody's different, right? Well, we, we truly are different. Uh, we tell it like it is. Uh, we pull no punches. Uh, we do a mystery shopping report, which you'll hear later in the show. Uh, we visit a car dealer somewhere in South Florida. Went all the way to Hollywood, Florida, as a matter of fact, South Florida this time. We cover the South Florida area from probably Vero Beach North all the way south to, as I say, we're in Hollywood, practically Miami. Uh, we visit these car dealerships. We have an undercover agent, and he goes in, and he pretends to buy or lease a car, and goes through the whole process. I mean, paperwork, uh, sometimes in the business office, uh, talking to sales managers and salesmen, usually multiple people. And then he reports back in a confidential sort of uh, undercover way. And we cover it on this uh, station. We'll hear it later, as I said. And we name names. We'll name the dealership. We'll name the people that he encountered, the salespeople, the managers. And we tell you exactly what was that buying or leasing experience like. Was he treated fairly, honestly, transparently, or was he flim-flammed? Was it bait-and-switch advertising? We typically go in on an advertisement. Could he buy the car that was advertised at the price that was advertised? Uh, We find out. And then we have two lists, a recommended dealer list and a don't-want-to-buy-from-this-dealer list. And those two lists we uh, keep current. And you can, you can access it online, gooddealerbaddealerlist.com. And that's pretty much how we create this list. So that's a lot of fun. Now, the other thing I encounter when people talk about the show or I tell people about the radio show uh, is, so what's the purpose of your show? Because there are people out there that have found good car dealers. Uh, typically, they stick with somebody they like. Maybe it's a salesperson or a manager or just a dealership. Uh, there are a few people out there that don't have problems buying or leasing cars, but most of you do. And uh, I used my proof of that by the Gallup annual poll on honesty and ethics and professions. I quote that over and over again every week. You know, by the way, we've been on the air for 13 years. Might be 14. I lose count. But uh, since 1970, the Gallup organization has been running a poll, Honesty and Ethics and Professions, and they asked the American public, uh, what do you consider the most honorable, most transparent, honest and ethical businesses, and which do you consider the least honest and ethical? And every year since 1977, 40-some-odd years, car dealers have been on the bottom of the list. Uh, not necessarily dead last, but next to last. For example, last year, uh, 2000, 
17. Uh, they were next to last. I think uh, last was a lobbyist or congressman, I think. Congressman, I think. Congressman, yep. yeah. So <clears throat> the average American perceives car dealers as not too good, not too honest, not too ethical. So that's what we want to help you with. We want to help you navigate yourself through the purchase or the lease or the repair or the maintenance of your car without a lot of hassle. And we have a lot of tips. Uh, we love to have you call the show. And uh, I'm rather long-winded, so I'm going to give the number out. You'll hear the number out. You'll hear the number over and over again because it's important. We'd rather hear from you actually, uh, than hear from ourselves. Because when you call in, then we can answer questions and uh, respond directly. 877-960-9960. I'd like it if you'd write that number down. Just take a second, grab a pencil, scribble down this number. 877-960-9960. And you can also... uh, post on Facebook. We're streaming this live right now on Facebook. So if you're anywhere in the world and you have Facebook and you have a smartphone or a PC or a Mac, just go to facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And you can post. We have some really good exchange there because we have a lot of folks that that do this post. And you can chit-chat among yourselves. You can chit-chat with us here at uh, Earl Earl Stewart on Cars. And you can post your questions. We'll respond. And we also respond to text. Our texting is area code 772-497-6530. Grab a pencil. We'd appreciate it if you'd write that text number down two seven seven two four nine seven six five three oh because your interaction with us is really what makes the show now um i could say we have a special guest today but he's not really special guest i'm not special at all not special at all (laughs) alan napier who uh, used to be a regular on the show uh, now he's become a special guest he comes in well let's let's look at it this way he's our collision repair expert we've got rick kearney who is our auto mechanical expert auto computer scientist we call him we have nancy stewart who is my wife and co-host but alan napier you don't hopefully wreck your car very often and some people never wreck their car so if you don't have any body repair to do to your car you might never need an insurance company or an auto repair shop so the frequency of having problems is less. So Alan comes in uh, once a month or every couple months, uh, usually when we ask him, and he was nice enough to come in today. So Alan Napier knows just about all there is to know about collision repair, insurance companies, and he's, I'm giving him a big head now, but uh, he is he is very knowledgeable. I, I've known him for a long time. He's been in this business for 25 or 30 years. He knows what he's talking about. Knowledge about insurance companies is just about as important as knowledge about repairing a vehicle uh, from a collision perspective because insurance companies are often difficult to deal with. So we especially like to hear from you if you have some thoughts on auto insurance, if you have some thoughts on how much it costs to get repaired, uh, what about OEM parts, original equipment manufacturer parts versus uh, aftermarket parts, uh, deductibles, you know, all that stuff, insurance premiums, good insurance companies, bad insurance companies. If, if, you're, if you just dinged your finger, f- finger, your finger, right, if you just dinged your fender, then you probably want to call and ask Alan some advice. 877 
972-497-6530. Texas at 772-497-6530. And, of course, as I say, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. I think I see... Nancy, is that a caller we have on the board there? We do have a caller, but first I am going to tell the ladies, as we do every Saturday, we have $50 here for the first two new lady callers. So help us build this platform for the ladies and give us a call if you have a question, uh, a comment, anything at all. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Tina, who is a regular, and uh, welcome to the show, Tina. Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? Great. Morning, Tina. Good morning. Um... Earl, I have a little bit of bad news for you. You know that beautiful Tesla that you absolutely love? Yeah, Consumer Reports doesn't like it. Consumer Reports doesn't like it. Oh, boy. Doesn't like it at all. So, you know, it's it's gorgeous, but Consumer Reports gave it a two thumbs down. So sorry to be the bearer of bad news. You know, I did not know that. I knew that initially uh, Consumer Reports really loved it, and then after a while they gave it a bad rap. I didn't know they'd done another. So it's not even on the recommended list? No, no, wow. it's not as of as of just recently. Wow. But that's not my that's not my subject for the day. I was watching some videos on YouTube last night and reading some articles about Jiffy Loop. Now I know a lot of people love to go to these oil change places because they're quick and they're convenient. Mm-hmm. But if you go in thinking, Oh, I just want a twenty dollar oil change, you could be in way more over your head. There was a case in California where a lady went to one of these Jiffy Lube places and she was really upset mm-hmm. because by the time she left, she ended up paying $195. Wow. And yep. then some people have investigated, like independent investigators, have seen people go through Jiffy Lube and say, okay, let's examine your car after you get service. And, of course, the customer pays an inflated price because they got upsold. You know what that is. Mm-hmm. And then they find out afterwards through independent testing that, the transmission fluid change or the coolant flush or any of those things have never been performed. Well, that is so that's scary. Jiffy Lube is one of those that have come under fire, and I've had the same thing happen to me a few years ago because there's one around the corner from where I live, and back when I had the Miata, I just wanted an oil change, and by the time I walked out, I paid 150 bucks, And I swore to myself I would never pay that kind of money for an oil change. So from now on, I go to my garage that I use all the time. Mm. They don't try to upsell me. They only give me what I need at the specific time. They pay attention to the maintenance schedule because they work on Toyota, so they're familiar with the schedule. So moral of the story is if you think that you're going to have convenience by going to one of these oil change places, you may very well end up paying a whole lot more than you bargained for, and you might not even get the services you paid for. Yeah, the quality of the technicians there leaves a little bit of desire, too. Uh, a, good, a good garage, a good service repair shop uh, has skilled, trained people. I brag about Rick all the time. Uh, he, he spends, uh, I'll exaggerate, slightly half his time in school studying, uh, taking a lot of online tests, uh, maintaining his uh, uh, certifications and all the different 
uh, categories, but in Jiffy Lube and a lot of these fast lube places, uh, they hire a kid off the street, really, and train them on the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like getting on an airliner, you know, flying United, finding out the pilot, that's his first flight. I mean, everybody has got to have his first flight, and every uh, lube, lube oil filter guy has got to do his first lube oil filter. You just don't want it to be done on you. So uh, it is a, it's a... Uh, scary out there. Another thing, I'm going to talk, Alan has a, a point, I, before I say that, another reason why the danger of this bait and switch advertising being taken advantage of in service departments is so high is the quality of the cars has gone up and the maintenance uh, schedules have been stretched out. There's less maintenance required with the modern cars. There are less repairs. That's the good news. Our cars today are head and shoulders quality-wise above those of just 10 years ago. So, uh, it's kind of like a pack of hungry wolves out there. The repair shops are getting hungry. Uh, the sales, uh, the uh, service advisors are paid on commission. The technicians are paid on commission. The more service you perform, more repairs, more maintenance, the more money you make. And the cars are going in the other direction. They don't require the maintenance. They don't require the repairs. And so there are a lot of people out there very hungry on commission. So what happens? You drive your car into the wolf pack, and they take advantage of you. Alan, you had a point. Uh, well, I just wonder if Jiffy Lubes are franchised, or, or are they all corporate-run stores? And if it if they're franchised, I, I would think it would depend on who, who owns and runs the franchise. Probably both. I think they're probably some of both. But I, I can't imagine that all the Jiffy Lubes are terrible. You, you know, even if they're corporate stores, I would think it depends on a manager. Some people, yeah. just their nature is they're going to demand perfection, and other guys, it's all about the money. Exactly. But exactly. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if it came across that I painted with a broad brush. I definitely didn't need to, but didn't mean to. I didn't intend that. But um, I was going to also add that in Canada. I don't know how it is in Florida or the United States in general, but more in Florida. But in Canada, for someone to be employed at an oil change place, they do not have to be ASC certified. They do not have to have any knowledge of even lifting the hood. Some of these guys come into these places to be employed. They have to be taught how to lift the hood before they even work on the car. Well, that's true. I think so that's true of a lot of any, service departments. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's it's a starting position. It's almost like an apprentice position in car dealerships and service repair. Uh, kids come out of vocational school or anywhere, and they are put typically with a technician <coughs> that sure. knows what he's doing, and they work with the technician, and they begin to learn. The first thing they learn is how to rotate and balance tires and change oil and oil filters. And uh, unfortunately, that can be one of the most uh, dangerous uh, positions. If you don't tighten the lug nuts properly on yes. a wheel, <laughs> or if you uh, forget to put the oil back in after you drain the yeah. oil, and that's or leave the drain plug loose, drain yeah. plug loose. There's a lot of things that can cause catastrophic problems, and the person doing that is a brand yep. new guy. And you know, if he can survive a year on the lubrac, then they promote him to technician, and then he can move up the ladder. Uh, my most senior technician is a man named Glenn Ballard. I think Glenn Ballard's been with me probably for. 30 plus years 40 40 plus years this this month makes 40 yeah. years for him and glenn started back when he was 17 years old wow. uh doing the doing oil changes and uh, talking about the lube techs uh they can do the most damage 
just because they are taking your wheels yep. off and your drain yep. plugs out. And in a blink of an the, eye. Yeah, the it's mechanic just... has evolved into a technician. The lube tech is still kind of a mechanic. Yeah. You know, he's he's yeah. doing that mechanical it, work. It, and would, wouldn't it be something if the uh, if the uh, consumer came in that was having their oil changed and said, well, how long have you been doing this? You know, like you do when you go to a doctor. Well, how long have you been doing you know, so that you would know, but that's you not might the be case. afraid to know. <laughs> Young doctors scare me. Well, Tina, thanks. To that, be that's really a, uh, a heads up we should pass along to everybody. Uh, it is something people don't think about. Uh, you really want you, you want to find somebody who can change your oil and rotate your balance your tires that has had some experience and you can rely on. Uh, we've, I mean, I've had personal experiences. I've been the I've been the car dealer a car dealer for 50 years and I wouldn't be honest with you but I didn't tell you I had some scary experiences with young people that work for me that just didn't get the lug nuts t- tightened right in some cases the oil change so uh, speaking from personal experience it is a red flag you have to be careful and uh, <coughs> there isn't really a perfect answer is there Rick I mean uh, you're, you, that's just the way the industry is yep. it's a starting position <coughs> you basically just have to Learn through experience and build habits, good habits, yeah. and double-check your work on everything. Exactly. That's the main mark of the best mechanics are the ones that will go back and double-check everything they did. Mm-hmm. Even though they know they did it right the first time, they double-check it every single time because all of us can make mistakes. Yeah. Tina, thanks for that heads up. Appreciate it. We missed you last week, by the way. I'm sure glad you called this yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Yeah, Tina. I did. I, I missed, I, my schedule just didn't allow for it, but I'm glad to be on this morning. Yes, okay. we're glad to hear from we'll you. We'll call again next week. We, we look forward to your calls. Thank you. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Keep listening. Keep joining us, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And remember, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers and uh, ladies fortunately in today's world women have no reason to dread going to the uh, car dealership absolutely not things are getting a whole lot better and uh, knowledge is power so I'd love to hear from you be part of the show we're going to go to Rod who's been holding and he's calling us from West Palm Beach Yes, good morning. morning. Morning, girl. Morning, Nancy. Good morning, Ron. Um, just want to, since we're, since we're on the subject of w- what you call heads up, uh, this is something that I think you want to, want to, you know, grab a, grab a pen and p- pen and paper or, or uh, pencil and paper or whatever. A lot of people don't know this. I did not. That uh, if you drive on a, on a flat tire, a flat rim, Boy, can they spank you good for that one. I didn't know that. There's a penalty? Uh, It's a violation of the law? It is a law. It is a law. What they wound up doing was was hitting me to the point of somewhere around $500. Wow. Mandatory tow, three miles. That was $189, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Gave me all kind of tickets, et cetera, et cetera. Got out of there um, uh, because they were having some snafu problems there at PGA. PGA, mm-hmm. they wound up uh, wound up, you know, just going court costs. So I was very lucky there. But 
they almost left me somebody who's semi handicapped. I have my legs wrapped. I have a handicap sticker, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm almost seventy years old. I've been doing car repair stuff since 1967. Wow! Raised my family here. Raised, uh, raised, and ran my business here, and everything. Retired from it, and. Um, basically once they took my, uh, once they took my driver's license, it's the last time I saw it. This is the real important thing. A lot of people don't know this. According to DMV, if on your, when they look you up, if there's what they call a gold star, I've had to learn all this the very hard way since October 2nd. Mm If there's a gold star by your name, then you do not have to come up with with your birth certificate, certified birth certificate. Wow. I was born on the other side of the world, Maui, Hawaii. Wow. Now, that being said, it was a territory back in 1951. Mm-hmm. It was not a state. Can you imagine how difficult this is going to be to look up? Wow. I'll tell you. I it's going no to be anywhere from six weeks to 12 weeks. Amazing. Pay your, pay your extra money with vital statistics. It's still six weeks to 12 weeks. Now, I would suggest to anybody and everybody out there, this is more important than anything I believe I believe that y'all all have been saying, you know, except for the proper uh, proper oil in the vehicles and you know and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you have your gold star by you because if they take it, here's what happens with me. Yeah, that's. Just I'm on very... pain meds. Can't get them. Uh-huh. The the uh, the. The uh, drugs that I have, the medicines that I have, can't get them. The voting coming up, can't vote. Wow. Nothing. Nothing. They rate me good. And, it, this and is I'm all, not a happy camper. This is all because now, you lost your driver's license. They just didn't hand it back to you. You physically lost possession of your license, right? They They took it. They said that they said that uh, two days earlier I was driving on a suspended uh, suspended license because of a license pro- license tag problem. My license tag on the back there because I've been clobbered three times. Imagine that mm-hmm. in Florida, and uh, all three all three did not did not carry insurance. They tell you they lie through their teeth that they did, et cetera, et cetera. The third one that got me pretty much totaled up my blue S10. Now, I was sitting at Quadro in West Palm Beach, stopped at a light. They were working at the time on the northern bridge to get over there to Palm Beach. Mm -hmm. Somebody comes around everybody else right there. There's the pencil right there that you need to write down. Don't be on the kamikaze end where they can go around everybody. Make sure that you're in the long line so that the kamikaze will come around you. And and unfortunately, if they hit somebody 
at about 50 miles an hour at a stoplight in the in the afternoon of beautiful West Palm, that you're not going to be the one that they hit. Hey, Rod. I've got back Rod, Rod, listen, I'm. I took I'm, my tag. Rod. I took my tag. I put it on the. I put it on the dash of the truck. I couldn't physically get in the get underneath and, and take off the three nuts that I had on my license. Rod, license Rod, old old license once. Yes. I'm going to have to interrupt you here. We've got a so we've got a lot of folks holding, and I've got a. Uh, you've given us some excellent points to research. Uh, if you'd like to call me after the show, uh, you do that. But we've got a lot of people backing up now on calls. But you've given us a lot to think about. And as you said earlier, a good heads up. We learned a lot about uh, what we need to be concerned about with driver's licenses and driving on a rim. And I thank you very much for we the call. Uh, but I've got to, we've got to go now, and we've got somebody else on hold. Please uh, call back uh, next week, and uh, we'll follow up on some of these other issues that you raised. But thank you very much, Rod, for calling. Thank you, Rod. Uh, we're going to go to David. He's been holding from West Palm Beach. Welcome to the show, David. Good morning, guys. Nice to talk to you again. Um, many, many moons ago, back in California, our family had a vehicle service franchise. It was a tune-up uh, oil change franchise that mm -hmm. Atlantic Richfield Arco um, tried to launch uh, unsuccessfully, I might add, uh, oh, back in the 80s. Well, they called it MP&G tune-up. But here's the point. When, particularly in franchise uh, automotive service uh, stores, Mm -hmm. I think, like, uh, when people have the wrong expectations, let me put it this way. I don't go to my tire shop to get a valve job. I don't go, you know, by the same token, uh, to the Jiffy to the Lube to have them perform a bunch of extemporaneous services. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I expect that that guy is just there to change oil. Mm -hmm. So what happens oftentimes in these franchises, the untrained guy gets stuck in there with perhaps a, a trained, certificated individual, mm -hmm. and they, um, they, but that guy might not always be there. So mm -hmm. they kind of say, all right, here, oh, uh, go ahead and do, perform this service. I see. Without really knowing how to operate this equipment. Yeah. And the other part of this is the upsell, yeah, they kind of have to because they, whether all their technicians can use them or not, these places have hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment. Yeah. And they have to pay for this stuff. And they're so, probably, again, I go yeah, back to your they're commission on commission, aren't they? Are, are they on commission, David, most of the technicians? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they probably pay a minimum wage, but they can't make a living there, so they have to upsell. And as you say, if the trained technician's uh, on vacation and you got some of these apprentices trying to do uh, fairly technical work, it's just, uh, you know, trouble waiting to happen. Yeah, the franchise has a lot of uh, 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 additional expense that you don't necessarily get yeah. in a corporate corporate run. You know, they have advertising fees and franchise fees, and maybe even uh, rent and or uh, property payments. I mean, it's it really yeah. is, and it's one of the reasons that the MPNG tune-up 
experiment in yeah. California failed. Yeah. Um, it just, they, it, they couldn't sustain it simply doing tune-ups and oil changes. Sure, just, just think what happened to all the uh, Jiffy Lubes when they decide they're going to come out with the uh, synthetic oil. Suddenly, instead of changing your oil two or three times a year, it's once or twice a year. And so that just uh-huh. cut the revenue to all these uh, fast lube shops in half. Now they've got to come up with some way to supplement the income. And the only way they can do that is to get into other areas that may, may not be very e- expert in. So, yeah, it, I, I like your idea. You go into an, a Jiffy Lube or to a, a quick lube place for one thing, to get your oil changed. You don't want to have something else done. If they say they find something else on your car, then take it to somebody that you trust, uh, somebody that has done your maintenance and repairs Ab- before. Ab- and oil change is fine. Yeah, exactly. Well, I appreciate that very much. Listen, uh, listen, I get one more thing I want to throw out, because I, I do this a little bit myself anymore. When I go in to get a, a, an oil change at like a, a Jiffy Lube or someplace like that, um, I go in and, and immediately ask for ju- not just an oil change, but incidental stuff that you know you have more control over. Mm-hmm. For instance, I mean, and it should be recommended on every oil change that you get a filter, uh, an air, air filter element, uh, mm-hmm. windshield wipers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, maybe you got a light bulb out. Yeah. If you go ahead and give them something else to fiddle with, I got you. Oftentimes. Yeah, you see what I mean? It's, yeah. And oftentimes they just go, okay, yeah. well, let's get this guy out of here. He knows what he wants. That's a great you idea. Don't, you be, don't pro- be vulnerable. Yeah. Be kind of assertive. Yeah, you go in and say, this is what I want you to do, A, B, C, D, instead of going there, check my car out, and you see anything wrong with it, oh, fix yeah. it. You're asking for a problem oh, yeah. there. That's giving them a blank check. David, great advice. And uh, coming from a guy that was in the business uh, earlier, so you know what you're, you're talking about. Thank you very much for the call. Thanks, Earl. We'll talk to you guys, and we'll keep listening. Yeah, yes, please please call David. again, David. Thank you. Yes, please call again. That number is 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Tom in North Palm Beach. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Uh, I When I heard that Alan Napier was on the show, I had to call. Good. Oh, good. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I had, you know... About eight months ago, I was in a serious accident. Well, I wasn't hurt, but, you know, my little uh, Corolla IM suffered $10,000 in damage. And the good thing about it was I was close to your dealership, Earl. Uh-huh. I had never dealt with, I had never dealt with, with you. Uh, I listened to you on the radio. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, co- the car got towed in there. I have Progressive Insurance, by the way, who is very good. Very good. I never had a problem with them throughout the process. Mm-hmm. But your body shop is like first class. Oh, thank number you. Number one. Thank you. It, you know, Alan, you know, I remember asking him, I said, Alan, how is the car going to run after, you know, this? He said, perfect. But he didn't think about it. He just said it immediately. So that was, that was, I said, you know, really, that's what he needs. It's going to run perfect. And I've had the car back for four or five months and the car runs probably better than it did when I got it from the dealer new. Well, that's very nice of you to say, Tom. Yeah, you find somebody that you can count on it really answers almost every question we cover on the show because it's the unknown. Anytime you go into a new business, whether it's a car dealer or anybody, uh, if you've never done business uh, with them before, boy, you got to be eyes wide open and uh, uh, nothing, nothing beats 
personal experience with whatever business you're dealing with. Thank you very much for the kind words. Had you ever met my brother, Tom Earl? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Mar- the guy Marlin there is very good, too. Yeah. You know, um, the whole, and, you know, the facility, when you go in there and you're repairing the car, it's like they're working in their living room. It's so clean, and it's air-conditioned. Now you're you know, still, like, you're embarrassing me now, Tom. I mean, uh, we, you know, we we this is not an infomercial, and I swear to you, this is no, Tom is no, not Alan's no, brother. No, no, that's what I was afraid. Of. When I call up, people are going to say, "Well, I know her. I met you, but, or I know Alan Napier. I don't. I had never met your guys before, but you know, you hear all the bad stuff. Everybody calls up and complains. You know this, yeah, that. Sure. You yeah. know, yeah. you know, and we're in South Florida. I've lived here my whole life, and it's like you know what. You got a first-class facility there. Thank you. I mean, and believe me, I don't know you except meeting you one time, and uh, I learned a lot there. You know, like like okay, Alan Napier told me about the miniature value, where to go for that. Yeah, that's yeah, and, that's and a, that's in the process right now. So oh, is that right? Good for, good for you. Owners, are you uh, yeah, you, are so, you using Gordon and Donner? Uh, that is correct. Oh, good. And you know they're working on it. They're they're working on it. You know, and and so it wasn't a pleasant experience as far as the accident, but I was fortunate that I was close to your facility. That's the good thing. Well, Tom, Tom, I, Tom, I have two questions for you, or actually sure. one question, one statement. I'm proud of you for going through with the diminished value claim because a lot of people don't have the the patience or the stomach for that. It's an ugly process. It's a it's a fight. And hopefully I told you in the beginning it's it's going to be a fight and it's a long-term thing, but it's worth it and they owe it to you and ultimately you'll get it. The other thing is we talk about advertising all the time. Before your accident, did you even know that we had a body shop? Oh, yeah. Well, I figure you did because you're a, you're a full – I mean, Earl Stewart is I – I don't know of any Toyota dealership that doesn't have a, a body shop facility. Hmm. Uh, I won't. I won't mention where I bought the car at, and I'm glad I didn't take it there. I mean, I I told Earl the next time I buy a Toyota, which will only be a Toyota, I'm going to buy it from you guys. Um, well, Tom, know, thanks very much. That's, thank, thank you very much for the endorsement. And now I'm going to have to explain to everybody that this is not an infomercial. Uh, we don't pay <laughs> no, for this no, time no, on the this, show. This is not. You can <laughs> pay enough money for that. No, this is right. What happened? You're, right a great, what happened. you're a great guy, and thank you so much yes, for the compliments. Tom, thank you for, thank you for the call. You know, it's, it's amazing that, that the number of people that I talk to, maybe a handful, about the conditions of, of a uh, the service department, you know, your, where you change your oil and how terrible it looks. And people just get accustomed to that, you know. They figure that's the way it was supposed to, to look. And the no no air conditioning. There was just so much. So it's, it's just great that, uh, you know, there's places out there that have the cleanliness and the air conditioning and a great person like Alan doing the job that he does. Okay, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And speaking of text, we've got a little backlog, don't we? Rick, uh, we do. Uh, Jeff Davis from Facebook was saying he used to work for a Jiffy Lube in Royal Palm. And he says, let me tell you, I wouldn't tell my worst enemy to go there. That's (laughs) Jeff's words. Uh, And Andrea's on Facebook also saying to follow up with Tina's comment on Consumer Reports reviewing the Tesla 
there was a Detroit-based company that bought a Tesla Model 3 and tore it down, basically, to inspect it, see what they could find. They were impressed with some of the tech, but the basics of the car, such as welds and fitment, were subpar. Sandy Monroe, CEO of this company, stated, these are flaws we would expect to see on a Kia in the 90s. Well, now, who, who did that examination? Uh, it does. He doesn't name the company, but yeah. he says it's a Detroit-based company, and the CEO of it is Sandy Monroe, mm-hmm. that they took this car and basically took it apart to see what sort of quality level they could find on it. I'm surprised to see that. Actually, you know, I think Facebook is kind of, everybody's kind of filing on, piling on uh, a Tesla um, for good reasons. Uh, Elon Musk has come out with some crazy tweets and said some things that uh, really embarrassed the board of directors of Tesla. But uh, from what I understood, the Tesla is not a bad car. Tesla it was an overrated car, and Consumer Reports has come back and taken away their recommendation. But I never heard anything about bad wells or safety before. I'd want to verify that yeah. before I took that as uh, gospel. But uh, we got some more text here, don't we? We do indeed. Uh, we have a anonymous text came in on the phone. Is uh, CarsDirect.com is telling me that they will facilitate my trade through a national network of priority partners dealerships. And what does that mean? This is from Frank in Wellington. Well, CarsDirect.com and a lot of other online companies make their money from automobile dealers. Uh, and they have uh, contractual arrangements with them. Uh, they promote uh, purchase or, in this case, this is an appraisal situation. Where uh, yep. He says... Uh, they will facilitate my trade. Yeah. The uh, online uh, appraising of cars is, be- is here with us today. It's hard to believe if you'd asked me 20 years ago if you could ever appraise a car online, I'd say you're crazy. You can't do it. I, uh, you know, 25, 30 years ago, I'd say you'd never be able to sell a car online. The fact is now the online technology is so sophisticated and Alan will be talking about this later in the show, how you can actually appraise damage online. Uh, that's come a long way. So CarsDirect.com and a number of other, uh, TrueCar.com, uh, Cars.com, uh, Edmunds.com. There's a uh, .com revolution in, in automobile-related buying, appraising, leasing, and everything else. So the online process is such now that you can actually, in some cases, there are car dealers, that you can actually buy a car, have your car appraised, finance your car, pay for your car, and never go in the car dealership, never talk to a car salesman, and they'll actually deliver the car to your door. So it isn't there yet, just like autonomous cars, but it's coming in slowly. And slowly and slowly, the franchise dealer setup that we have now the old-fashioned way of selling cars is slowly going to disappear makes me a little bit nervous because i've been a car dealer for 50 years and i have a car dealership today Uh, but i'd I'd be kidding if i said i thought my car dealership 10 years from now is going to look like it did uh, today it won't it'll be totally different and maybe 20 years from now maybe there won't be any car dealerships as we know them today but that's right you can get a car appraised online and you obviously can never firm up an appraisal of an online um, estimate 
until you actually physically see the car because you're relying on photographs and information input into a computer. But once you bring that car in for verification, it's a done deal. Yep. Hmm. Let's see. Next one is from Anne Marie. And she says, I'm glad you have your body shop expert today. I've got a question for him. I've got a white 2013 Camry XLE, and I've noticed that the paint is chipping along the edge of the trunk. At first, I thought the people detailing my car were a little too enthusiastic when buffing, but I noticed that the paint appears to chip down to primer slash metal even when the car hasn't been detailed recently. What's up with the white paint? And I believe she's saying that possibly if she's dragging stuff over the side of the trunk, what can I do to avoid this? Thanks for your help. The uh, the condition you're talking about when the paint is not adhering to the primer sealer is, is delamination. Uh, that's a defect. Um, now, your paint on a Toyota, which you have, is three years, 36,000 miles. Toyota does recognize they've got an issue with that. Uh, so you can take your car to a Toyota dealer and ask them to submit a goodwill request. Uh, if it's out of the three-year 36,000. Right. They're under no obligation to take care of it because obviously it's not a safety item or anything. But in the spirit of, of goodwill, Toyota does try to help if a car is maintained well. And, yeah. and well, all manufacturers yeah. do to a greater or lesser degree. Sometimes mm -hmm. there's an argument that has to be made. Now, there's no... Uh, there, there aren't any uh, problems that I'm aware of of sealer coming off of the metal. So those are probably rubs or chips or scratches, which is would be considered normal wear and tear. But if you've got the paint coming <coughs> off of the off the primer, uh, bring it in, let somebody look at it. You can also uh, we used to do a tape test back in the 80s and uh, early 90s when uh, all the cars had a delamination problem. We put a a 24-inch piece of uh, masking tape across the hood, uh, push it down, and just rip it off. Mm -hmm. And if paint came off, then it was a delamination car. I don't recommend you do that because then you're kind of committed if it does pull the paint off. Well, be off. sure it's in warranty if you do uh, that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there, there's a, there is a problem with uh, the solid whites, and it's not just Toyota. It's, it's pretty much all the manufacturers. Uh, with solid white. And if you're going to push for goodwill, uh, try to get up the ladder in the service department, uh, at least a service manager. Maybe you want to talk to a general manager, and you also want to, if at all possible, have a factory representative involved. You have to push for the goodwill. Understand that warranty, they're committed to contractually, legally. Goodwill is just what it says, just because they're nice people. If you bought a lot of cars, of their make, they probably tend to look at you with more reverence than if you have never bought one before, or even if you bought the car secondhand. Uh, if you're a good customer of a particular dealership over a particular brand of car, and you talk to the top guy, uh, and you go to the manufacturer, your odds of getting goodwill are greatly enhanced. And remember polite persistence. Exactly. Be nice, but don't give up. Exactly. Okay, uh, we uh, got a caller, go. or I've got a couple more texts yet. What, okay. you, what would you like to do? Let's go with the caller. Okay, yeah. Doug. Thank you for calling. How are you? Hi. This is Doug and uh, Ollie and Tim. Hope you guys are having a great morning. Good morning to all. So, <laughs> meow to Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I know a lot about um, oil changes. I actually used to produce commercials for a 
a oil change and tire and tune-up place that was in uh, Boca and Boynton. Huh. And uh, for 17 years, I produced their commercials, and they were very successful because we used to do, like, testimonials so the customers would say how great they are and all hmm. this. And, but um, as the years went by, I noticed that, you know, they weren't as good as they were in the beginning. And um, it all had to do with the employees that they trained. And, um, you know, some were good and some weren't. But they had this one guy that just retired there, working there for 18 years. Wow. And all he, all he did was change oil, and his name was Jeff, and he was really good at it, and really nice guy. And um, so my experience with, with oil changes, I found out all about the different kinds of oils and, and what you should check and mm-hmm. and um, mistakes that they made, like they didn't tighten the, um, the bolts on the bottom and the oil would leak out and the yeah. customers would come back. <laughs> Yeah. Just uh, things uh, like that. Doug, do they buy uh, good oil? Did you advertise, or when you were doing the advertisements, do they use higher quality brand oil, or do they buy a bulk oil that was less expensive? Someone, someone is uh, talking about how some of these uh, massive uh, nationwide will use actually um, filtered oil. In other words, reprocessed oil, which would be... Oh, better. no. Wow! No, they used really good oil. They did, brand. and um, but they weren't cheap because you know you're in Boca, and I think an oil change, even even as little as five years ago, was like uh, fifty two dollars, um, mm-hmm. which to me is kind of expensive. I don't know. That is that is <laughs> pretty high for an oil change. And now they're they're open, and uh, if you get synthetic oil from there, it's uh, eighty five dollars. Still, wow. Um, <laughs> yes, still. Yeah, they're still in business. Unfortunately, the owner um, passed away. He was really nice, and um, I was kind of close to him. And um, so, you know, now the wife is running the company, and kind of sad, but, you know, basically 17 years doing commercials for someone. Yeah. He liked. Well, fifty bucks for an oil change—that's that speaks for Boca Raton, I guess. That uh, everything's a little higher exactly. price. Boca Raton, yeah. you know, Boca Raton won't allow car dealers. Did you know that? There's no, there are no car dealers in Boca Raton. Did you know that? Yeah, why is that? That's weird. They they, they don't like car dealers. They're very wise, and uh, they're, <laughs> they have them zoned. They have them zoned out. You, they don't allow uh, gambling. Uh, they don't allow prostitution, <laughs> and they don't allow car dealers. <laughs> well, they do allow Ollie at least. Thank goodness. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good, Doug. Well, Doug, uh, that's a that's a great call. You know, Doug was watching my sunrise this morning. He's a member of the International Sunrise Club, and his kitty cat Ollie watches the sunrise literally on Doug's Mac computer. And I've actually seen a video of Ollie watching me on Watch the Sunrise. So anyway. Wow. Uh, thanks very much, Doug. You're a great caller, and you're a great guy, and uh, I hope you can call again. Yeah, we love hearing okay, from you, Doug. And tell Sim we said hello. And Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a call next week. <laughs> Thank you. I, can't yeah. us, uh, I think we're going to go to the text that you have. Uh, okay. Uh, Steve Ward 
is asking diminished value claim. That's a new one on me. Can you talk about how that works? Yes, diminished value is is any time that you've had an accident and it's repaired, it doesn't it doesn't matter if the car is repaired perfectly or not, the value has been diminished simply because it's been in an accident. So by a lot, by it, a lot, yeah. Yeah, it's it's become branded. Um so insurance companies, you know, this has been in and out of courts for years, well before I came along. And, yeah. and Bob from Lake Park, you know, just stay on the line as soon as uh, Alan gets through with the uh, diminished value explanation. We'll be right with you. Thanks for holding. Yeah, diminished value is something insurance companies do not like to pay. They uh, initially, when you first ask for it, you're most likely going to be lied to and told that, uh, uh, we don't pay that, and you've got to elevate it up the chain of command with insurance companies, and usually it's the third or fourth uh, person up the ladder that actually starts helping you with it. Um, we recommend that you get an attorney if uh, you get past the second or third person because it is so time-consuming. They do that strictly on, conti on contingency. I don't, I don't right. mind endorsing Gordon and Donner. We get nothing from Gordon and Donner. We mention Gordon and Donner because they've worked with a lot of uh, our customers, mm -hmm. and they're an expert on this. I mean, you, you, everybody's got their opinion of attorneys. Uh, I can only tell you that Gordon Donner is effective. They get the job done, and it doesn't cost you a nickel as long as they are successful, uh, and they usually are successful, they won't take the diminished value case, right, unless they feel like they can get results. Right. That's the whole thing about contingency is uh, they analyze and see if you have a case that's winnable. If, if you do, they take it. You don't pay. They get a percentage. You get a percentage. If it's not winnable, they, they just don't take the case. Uh, but Gordon and Donner does have an automotive division they, that's very good. And a lot of law firms do. We're just very familiar with Gordon and Donner because of uh, they've helped us out. Sure. Uh, but diminished value, the some states have a minimum requirement. Uh, Georgia, I don't know if the insurance company's got it overturned yet or not because insurance companies litigate everything. Uh, but at one point, they were paying 15%. Uh, of the damage amount. So as soon as you had a claim, say it was a, a $1,000 claim, the insurance company had to write two checks, a check for $1,000 for your property damage and a check for $150 uh, for your diminished value. And the reason they did that is to unclutter the courts and, and you know, it, it's advantageous a little bit for the insurance companies because they don't have to have a whole department handling diminished value anymore. Let's talk. It, let's talk about diminished value in a minute. Let's get look. Okay, we're going to get only for a while. We'll uh, get back to yeah. we'll get back to Alan in just a second. Uh, Bob has been holding and he's calling from Lake Park. Good morning, Bob. You Hi, Bob. Hi. Donner anymore. Bob, you were breaking it, up there. Uh, I believe. Yeah, we're. Uh, yeah, we. I, we can. Bob, we have a, a bad connection uh, right now. Would you like to uh, hang up and give us a call back, please? Uh, yeah. that, that number is 877 960 9960, or you can text us at 772 497 6530. 
Uh, While we're waiting for we'll Bob to, to call Alan. back in, I want to say something. You mentioned this 15% of the damage. That strikes me on diminished value extremely low because when you have a car that's been damaged, as an appraisal value goes, it drops at least $1,000. So 15% of a $2,000 repair would be peanuts compared to the true diminished value. It, yeah, they're placating people. And yeah. like I say, they're keeping it out of out of the courts. Uh, you know, anything you can... Anything you can litigate and get out of the courts gotcha. is good for the courts. Yeah. All the courts have a backlog. I understand. Um, and it depends on the kind of car. You know, a Corvette, uh, the diminished value. On, who wants to buy a yeah. Corvette that's been wrecked versus we got Bob a Corolla? Got, uh, Bob, Bob. Uh, excuse me, Alan. <clears throat> uh, we have uh, Bob back on the line. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Good morning. We we still have a uh, we still have a problem. I'm not sure if it's your location, uh, but uh, give give us a call back, Bob. Now back to Alan on uh, diminished value. No, but it, it makes a, you know, Earl was talking about uh, 15% doesn't seem fair, and I don't think it seems fair either, uh, but it's something. Yeah. Uh, so at least the people are getting uh, something. This is a uh, state that did that or a... That yeah. was Georgia that yeah, did well, that. Yeah, well, in Florida, uh, there's no such law. And Florida, it's uh, wild, wild west. It's wild, wild west. And if yeah. you get yourself a good attorney, they'll do it on contingency. Bear in mind that when you wreck your car, you have a significant decrease in value. The insurance company will not reimburse you for it unless you fight for it, and that is called diminished value. So, best thing to remember: anytime you wreck your car, you ask for the compensation for diminished value. Your insurance company will tell you no. You call an attorney that will do it for you on contingency. We say Gordon and Donner because we've had experience with them in multiple occasions. They are victorious every time they say they can be. If they say there's a case, there is a case. They will get to the money for you, and you get paid, and it won't cost you a nickel. And typically, it just takes that first letter from the attorney's office. Yeah. It, then the insurance company's like, okay, this guy's serious. Yeah. He knows the law. He knows we owe it. Exactly. And and they pay it, and they move on. Yeah. Or get, get some letterhead with an attorney. Named yeah, Bob. do your own letter. <laughs> Bob's Law. Yeah, well, there you go. Are we still uh, st still struggling with Bob here today? still trying. Is, is Bob back on, John? Okay. Okay. Uh, I have a I have a uh, a quick uh, question for you, Alan, and it's from Brianna. Uh, she's in a bit of a dilemma. She has to get her car painted, and she asked me yesterday why she, the insured, can't choose the paint that she wants for her car. She said that she went to three different uh, shops, and it it seems like as if that they use one particular brand. Why can't she decide what she wants? She said that um, some of the paint is that she looked up, she Googled, is much more superior than what they're offering her. Is it true that she is not uh, in charge of deciding? Well, it, body shops... Body shops make their own decision on what brand of paint they they use. Some of them it's purely an economic decision, and some of them it's a quality decision. Um, paint is, I used to say paint is paint, but there are superior paints. You know, Glazurit is, is probably better than Sherwin-Williams, we'll be honest. Mm -hmm. But the shop, 
especially an independent shop that doesn't have a, a whole lot of cash flow and a whole lot of money in the bank, uh, they're going to, or a new shop, they're usually going to start out with a lower grade of paint because of the, the cash investment that's involved there. Just having a paint mixing bank in your mixing room, not to mention the mixing room, but just the paint, you're looking at twelve to $15,000, you know, on an average like BASF or, or DuPont. So she can choose her brand of paint by, the, by her choice of shop. So if she goes in and, and she says, Bill's Body Shop, what kind of paint do you use? And he says, Diamond. And she says, I didn't like that. I read about it online. I want you to use Glasurit. Uh, she's got to go find a shop that uses Glasurit. Okay, Brianna, I hope that that helps you out a whole lot. We are trying to uh, connect with Bob, and he's back on the line. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. How's my connection? Good. Sounds pretty good right now. Thanks for being patient with us. Thank you. No problem. No problem. Oh, by the way, it's not Gordon and Donner anymore. Oh, what is it? Uh, well, I saw them on TV. It's Gordon and Partners. I think Donner is out of the picture. Oh, I didn't uh -oh. know that. Um, maybe Adam yeah. retired. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> okay. hey, maybe. Uh, any, I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, real ID on the driver's license, and I wanted to move on to something else. Okay. But, okay. You know, I'm, I'm due to have that done myself, uh, and... Uh, you know, I've known about it for a long time. I mean, that was a function of uh, uh, the law, that, the federal law that was changed because of 9-11. Mm -hmm. And because those people that came in, that flew those planes into the buildings and killed all those people, mm -hmm. all had driver's licenses. A lot of them from Florida, by the way. And so, so that, that legislation was passed a long time ago. And what they did was they allowed the states, uh, different states were all on different uh, time uh, frames to get it, you know, uh, settled mm -hmm. uh, with the people that have their driver's licenses. So, and, and you need you, you do need your original birth certificate mm -hmm. uh, with your race with the race seal and your original social security card with your name on it. Yes. But you can use a pass you can use a passport in lieu of the uh, uh, the birth certificate, I believe. Oh, and, you can. Uh, oh, it's good. Much more complicated. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'm glad. I didn't yeah. know about the birth certificate because uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to have to renew mine uh, shortly, and I don't have the star. And I was wondering where my birth certificate was. So, But I do have a passport, so thanks for that information. Yeah, yeah. Well, well uh, I, they allowed me to do mine last time online, mm -hmm. but they said the next time you come in, you're going to have to come into the office and show all the paperwork. I see. So, But I, I've, known, yeah, I've known about it for a long time. They, they send out a notice. If you have, if you pay property taxes, uh, they send out a, they send out a, a printed uh, a real ID brochure. Uh, it comes with your t property tax bill every year. I've been getting it for six or seven years. I got so you. So it's not something that you could, not something that you wouldn't be prepared for. And as far as that fellow was concerned about, he'd not be able to get uh, be able to vote and all that. He can go get it. He doesn't need a driver's license to vote. Uh, he can get a state ID, mm -hmm. and I'm not quite sure what's involved with that. But I don't think it would be as stringent as the driver's license requirement. Sure. sure. Uh, so he could, he could go get a state ID, and then he could still get his prescriptions, and he could get his uh, be able to vote and so forth and so on. But I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, did, uh, there, there's an appendix to the, to the, to the automobile that's going to eventually disappear. Do you know what it is? Uh, the fact that we're going to have autonomous cars that will be ride-sharing, uh, is that what you're referring to, that the automobile is? No, no, there's... No, 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 there's something that's attached to the car now that's going to disappear oh. probably within the next five years. I'm going to go fact, with it's mirrors. It's already started. Mirrors. I was wondering if you could, 
What is it? Yeah, the side, the side view mirror. Side, side view mirror. Alan got Cameras. it. Okay, it's got to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah, the side view mirrors, and matter of fact, Lexus has already done away with them in Japan. Hmm. So they is don't have right? them, and I guess what they're using, I would imagine, they're probably using cameras. Sensors, huh. exactly. Yeah. Sensors. Yeah, that's exactly right. The. Uh, um, the cars now have sensors on mounted on the side view mirrors, so they just do away with the mirror. I don't I don't use my side view mirrors uh, hardly at all now. I just use the sensors, which is kind of scary because what happens if someone uh, turns the sensor switch off, which I think they have a switch on the dashboard. And uh, but I, I I believe that's true. I, we won't recognize a car ten years from now compared to what they look like today. Yeah. Hey hey Bob. If, yeah. Have you been in one of the uh, new cars that uh, gives you a bird's eye view of your car, like when you're backing up? Because it's got so many cameras on it, a computer yeah. then generates an overhead view, and you see right. your car backing up into the space with all the yeah. surrounding uh, uh, grounds. It, it's kind of disconcerting the first time. You I know. love it. Yeah, I love it. I've got it on my car. But was it kind of well, weird I'm the first time? The first yeah. time I thought, I said uh, someone with a satellite was uh, filming my yeah, car. Yeah, we were in the car together, and it was just it just caught me <laughs> off it's, guard. It's, yeah, it's it like was, there's a drone over yeah, you or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Exactly. It's a trained pigeon with a camera yeah. on its belly. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Yep. I knew yeah. you'd know the, the technical explanation <laughs> yeah. of this. The terminology. Right. We have Rick here to I wanted to, inform I, us. I wanted to ask Earl, did you hear that... You know, Cadillac is ending their subscription service. I just read that in the Palm Beach Post this morning, uh, or maybe it was the Wall Street Journal. But, yeah, it didn't last long. I didn't like the idea. I thought it was going to be short-lived, but Mercedes and Audi and a few of the other manufacturers are still doing it, you know, where you, you pay $1,800 a month and you get to drive any Cadillac every month. You switch it out, Escalade, uh, DeVille, or whatever the Cadillacs are. Uh, it just didn't make sense to me, and... I don't think that the manufacturers will be continuing that. They're just they're struggling to come up with something because the love affair with a car is starting to die with the millennials. Guys like me, we love cars. Guys like you love cars. But, the, you know, the kids, 25, 30 years old, uh, all they want to do is get from point A to point B, and the, they don't care what it is. It gets them there. They don't want to deal Uber. with the hassle of, of owning a car. <laughs> yeah, It's expensive to own a car. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Low so you, th overhead. you think that was a... You think that was a function of uh, they were losing money on that? Uh, I, bl I believe so. Cadillac is struggling as a division. Uh, General Motors is doing fine, but not because of Cadillac. And uh, they, they're trying to find their niche. You know, Cadillac sells more cars in China than they do in the USA. That's good for them because uh, the Chinese love the Cadillacs. Americans don't. So Mercedes and Audi and Lexus and their other luxury cars are just stomping Cadillac right into the ground. And I think they were uh, just losing money on the whole idea. Yeah, well, you know, General Motors doesn't release quarterly numbers anymore on sales. They did away with that. Yeah. They had a pretty good quarter, they monthly, a monthly numbers. Yeah, they, 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 they did survived. away with their monthly numbers. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They had a yeah. good profit yeah, last so that, Go ahead. No, I'm going to say that in the short run, they're doing pretty well. They surprised Wall Street. General Motors' uh, stock went up 
uh, when they came out with their earning report and their and their guidance. Uh, so they're you know they got Chevrolet and they got you know the other models that they're selling that are doing well. They're making a ton of money on Silverados and some of the big trucks and SUVs. Uh, Escalades are making money on, but they just can't sell very many of them. The bigger the vehicle, the more money they make. The problem is what happens when we don't have those big vehicles on the road anymore, and they are dying out there. Eventually, they won't be out there. And if you can't make money by selling a Silverado, they're losing money on the cars. All the manufacturers are losing money on cars, and they make it up of trucks, vans, and SUVs. Right. I saw something else that was pretty interesting about how, you know, nowadays everybody's getting bigger, bigger vehicles. Yeah. Everybody has SUVs and uh, yeah. these pickup trucks and everything. And, you know, a lot of the parking lots, uh, the, the, the lines that are drawn in there, were originally drawn for autom- or sedans yeah. <laughs> and smaller cars. That's right. And now that you have everybody with these bigger cars, oh, you pull into these spots. Yeah. When you go to open your door, you're going to whack the person next to you because you yeah. don't have as much space. So they're going to have to probably redo all the uh, all the parking lots. are going to probably have to be redesigned yeah. to accommodate everybody driving uh, these big, wide Vehicles. Things exactly. are changing so fast; it's mind-boggling. I I can't stay up with it, Bob. Hey, listen, great call. You are yeah, thank you so an much. extremely knowledgeable guy. I love your calls. Right, you you always inform thanks us on something we didn't know. Please call again next week. Ladies, okay, have a great day. You thank too, you, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to take a moment to thank all of you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. And, uh, you know, what a great panel we have this morning. Uh, as Earl told you earlier, Alan is back for this show, Rick and uh, myself, and and we're here to inform you, and uh, guess what? It's all free, and we sure have covered a number of topics, and I want to remind you, youranonymousfeedback.com, <coughs> very important. Go there and tell us how you feel about the show, how we can improve, and another very important site is safercar.org. Gov. S- safercar.gov and with all the recalls out there I want to tell you what you want to stay up on all of this Uh, Mercedes is under investigation right now and uh, the reason for that is because uh, they are lacking on the uh, on uh, notifying their customers about the recalls out there so they're having uh, problems and also Subaru and Toyota there's a hundred and sixty five thousand cars that have defects and recalls so uh, give us a call 877-960-9960 with your questions and if you'd like to text us 772-497-6530 and we're going to go to John who is a regular caller from Palm City good morning John good morning to everybody and welcome back to Alan thanks John good morning I'm going to mention a product that's fantastic it's this is the 65th anniversary when this product came out, uh, was originally used for the aerospace industry to protect rust. My f- friend had his car on Halloween. Lucky it wasn't many marks, crayon marks, on his car. And this product is just fantastic. It took it off with ease. And the product is WD-40. WD-40, oh. people have, should have everybody in their garage. It removes bumper stickers. It takes bugs off cars. It has hundreds and hundreds of uses. I mean, gum from sneakers, even if you're up north, dirt and snow that sticks to your shovel, and, and, and door locks. I mean, I can, you could get a list from the company, go on their website, 
and it's it's like probably run into thousands of uses, but uh, it worked perfectly, and I don't think it damages paint. But I'd like Alan's uh, Alan Napier's opinion about WD-40 to use in the automobiles, uh, especially like in door locks. But as far as uh, spraying on the paint to remove a bumper sticker or um, you know the uh, crayon marks, what does Alan think of that product? John, first, I, I, I want to tell you, I thought you were going to make me guess what the product was, <laughs> and I had this nailed. And I'm a huge fan of WD-40. And uh, uh, before I get to the paint, uh, WD-40, I, they have a product they came out with a couple years ago, the gel WD-40. If you bought two WD-40s, you got one gel one for free to try out. Uh, hmm. That stuff is awesome as well. It sticks uh, really good. It's not as liquidy. And uh, my log splitter that doesn't always get put back in the shed, sometimes I put it under the lean-to, I coat it in that WD-40 gel stuff just to keep the surface rust off of it and keep everything lubed up. Uh, but as far as WD-40 on paint uh, and door jams and hinges, I've never heard of anybody having a problem with WD-40 on their paint. Um, I, I'm going to guess that I've probably got 14 to 16 cans of WD-40 spread about my property because <laughs> I, I use it that much. If your shoes squeak and you spray WD-40 on your shoes. You can. And, my, and my sandals squeak. Alan, yeah. Alan, you have outdone me. I have, I have Houdini WD-40. It's an amazing product, both of them. I use it on everything. Um, you can actually use WD-40 to shine up your leather shoes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, WD-40 is like a, a, the, the miracle chemical of, of the 20th century and uh, carrying on into the 21st. Okay, John, we got total agreement with you on that one. Uh, and, and duct tape, John. Keep oh, lots of duct tape, tape around. <laughs> duct tape. Well, I buy it by the gallon cans in the Home Depot, yep. and I put it in uh, aerospray uh, plastic sprays. When I was in Hawaii, they used that product by the drumfuls. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's so popular, you can't believe it. It's it's such a preservative, you know, with Hawaii being on the Pacific Ocean, uh, they have their problem, but this really does a job. And I just thought I'd mention it, because, Alan, uh, we all agree of the product. But I'll mention one other thing, too. I went to the motor vehicle yesterday with a friend of mine. He sold the car and has no intentions of getting another car because he has several. Mm -hmm. So the rule is, if you sell your car within 30 days, if you're not going to get another car, you must surrender that license plate. Mm -hmm. And if you don't surrender that plate, regardless of whatever you did with your insurance or whatever, you get a, a revoked, um, uh, you revoke, but they don't even send it to your mail. If you get stopped by a cop once, he shows that your license is revoked. Why? Because you didn't surrender the license plate. So it's very important that people know that. Ooh. They say yeah. 30 days from when it's sold, they give you the information, who it was sold to, and what was the date. And if you don't surrender that plate, you know, because you don't intend to use it for another car to get credit, you will get not suspended, but a revoked driver's license. Can't they transfer? And the second thing is I inquired again. When I went over a year ago, and I had a hard time to do it, and I put down a note, I filled out the form. They don't do that anymore. You cannot fill out a form where you don't get these notices about these 
nonsense, or, you know, uh, mail orders with keys in the mail and all, and uh, that's been eliminated. So what I mentioned for me doesn't work anymore. John. You still get notification from all these, like I told you that time, it was a U.S. Army jacket with Felice line. Yeah. It's, you know, crazy. But according to what they told me yesterday, that system does not in effect anymore. John, if you can't you sell- fill out a form to stop from all these mailings. John, if you sell your car to a third party and you don't want to keep it, can you, can't you transfer that license plate to the new buyer? No, you can't. Like oh. in California, oh. the plate stays with the car. Oh, okay. But in Florida, the plate stays with you. Uh-huh. So, according to them, period, no matter what, unless you intend to have another car within that, that's why they give you 30 days. Yeah. And if you buy another car, according to the girl at the tag agency, then you transfer and you get credit okay. for your plate because you don't have a new impact fee and just transfer, you know, with credit. Good information. you paid up to date on it. Thank you but very much. it's a must, she said, that it has to be surrendered. Uh-huh. And if it's not, you get a license that's totally... A revolt. Well, hmm. that would be an unpleasant surprise. Thank you very much. Great information, John. Yeah, I did not did. know that. I didn't know it either. That's the reason All right, I lo- you guys, I look forward to the shopping report. Right, Thank we, you, John. We'll be there in a few minutes. Thanks, John. Thanks, we'll talk John. to you next week, I hope. Please call again. 877-960-9960. got a bunch or of texts. Can, or you can text us at 772 now back to, we're going to go to Rick yeah. with his texts that are backed up. Okay. Uh, Cable's asking, how do you feel about prepaid maintenance contracts, which these days are offered by dealers at a time of a new car purchase? Most, I think, are backed by the manufacturer. Seems to me they're a reasonable, if maybe expensive, way to keep one's car in tip-top shape. Right now, my dealer is hoping to sell me an extension on the routine maintenance agreement that I bought for a new Audi four years ago. Any thoughts about the value of that? I'm leaning towards saying yes. The uh, maintenance <coughs> contracts are not backed by the manufacturers first. They are sold by the dealer, and they make a profit on it. The way to evaluate a maintenance contract is simply to get the price menu of the dealer that you'll be taking your vehicle to and, and paying for with your prepaid maintenance and see what the total would be without the maintenance. So if you can save yourself 20, 20% or 25% on the cost of the maintenance by buying the prepaying it, then that's a good deal. If you can't, then you're just tying up your money and you just should pay as you go. So uh, the fact of the matter is that most people that buy the prepaid maintenance do not use all the coupons. And that's the way most of the dealers make their money, (laughs) by unredeemed coupons. Kind of like a gift certificate. Companies love to sell gift certificates because people don't redeem a lot of them. Sometimes as much as 25 or 30 percent are never redeemed. That's the answer there. And we've got a live caller. Okay, we'll go to, uh, I'll give you that telephone number if you didn't jot it down. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Bob in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Bob. Uh, good morning, guys. How you doing? Well, thank you. Oh, that's good. Uh, I just have a question on the uh, diminished value of the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that have a time limit or something? Because I, I, I just bought a brand new car, and uh, somebody hit me in the uh, parking lot, mm-hmm. and it was about a year ago, 2017. And uh, 
I was just wondering if there's a time limit on that. Nobody told me about a diminished, you know, value of the car. I mean, they they fixed it really nice and it's running beautiful, but you know that that extra thing that that you know that I had to buy the uh, you know rent cars and stuff for a week, two weeks, whatever it was, and that cost me money. And uh, somebody hit me. It wasn't my insurance company. So it was somebody else's insurance company. I don't think Al and I really know the answer to that. We suspect, my suspect, that the, a year should not uh, ban you from filing a claim. Uh, quick call to Gordon and Partners or Gordon and Donner uh, would answer that question, but I don't think so. I, I'm going to guess it, most business uh, dispute contract dispute things are what four years yeah uh, i'm i'm going to guess that if you haven't uh done something in four years it would be like any other contractual dispute with a company if you haven't done something about it then you can't miss the boat uh, yeah. check I'm, with an attorney I, yeah. I think you're good to go bob i think you should positively look into it and you'll be i think you'll be pleasantly surprised if you qualify you'll get yourself a check in the mail yeah, because the, I can't believe, you know, the front end was really messed up real bad. I mean, and, uh, you know, it costs about $4,000 just for the front end. It's a, it's a Fiat Spider. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I couldn't believe how much how much the cost was, yeah. you know. Yeah, but, I, but, you, I move on that quickly and uh, call the show next week if you wouldn't mind. I'd like to hear the answer to the question, but give uh, your attorney or another attorney or uh, Gordon and Don or Gordon and Partners, whatever, whatever the name is now, and uh, see what they say and call us next Saturday. So I, I would deal with her, her insurance company, not my insurance company. Uh, well, whoever, yeah, yeah, exactly. You call call Gordon and Don or the attorney, and he'll know exactly how to handle it. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Great Bob. call. Thanks for tuning okay. in, Bob. Uh, I think we have a few texts to get to. Yep, we still got a little bit of backlog here. Uh, Andreas is saying on that earlier company that did the Tesla teardown, it's Sandy Monroe of Monroe and Associates. Mm -hmm. And Jalopnik's overview of uh, Jalopnik being the online site, uh, their overview of the company quoted, All automakers cheat off each other. They buy their competitors' cars, disassemble them, and learn precisely how they work and how they're made. Mm -hmm. This reverse engineering is called competitive benchmarking. And while sometimes it's done in-house, there are also entire companies devoted to the practice. One of them is Monroe and Associates, a firm of manufacturing experts contracted by OEMs and suppliers to tear down cars and car parts to the very last nut and bolt. Wow. Well, that's very interesting. If you just tuned in, the question came up because uh, we had a poster on Facebook that said that the quality of the welds in the uh, Tesla were inferior. And, uh, of course, that's dangerous and a lot of other things. And that really surprised me. I thought Tesla uh, was a, a high-quality car. And yeah. the subject came up because Consumer Reports no longer recommends Tesla. Now, Monroe & Associates, that appears to be a very viable, uh, reliable sort of a company that does work for all the OEMs. So what a surprise to me that Tesla's quality wow. is dim diminished like that. That That is shocking. Yes. Surprising. Okay, uh, Steve Ward says, Honda also did a repair on an igniter in his Honda Accord when it was out of warranty. 
whereas Ford told us to go scratch when a coil failed out of warranty. That was part of why I bought an Acura. He says, now, if you guys get a Lexus dealership, I'll make the trip down from Jensen Beach. (laughs) And Linda is asking, does that mean the white pearl paint does the same thing? I'm guessing for the delaminations. Have we seen issues with the pearl paints? Yes and no. It's 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 kind of a different condition. The, the pearl paint. The only one I've seen an issue on, as far as Toyota is concerned, and and this is weird, are the pearl white Rav fours with sunroofs. Mm-hmm. For hmm. whatever reason, from the sunroof forward, they've had a delamination problem. Well, the pearl's a lot more expensive, and it's a lot more paint than it, the pearl. Yeah, there's clear coat on the yes. pearl because it's it's a base coat, a mid coat, and a, and a top or a clear coat. So there's a lot more paint there, so there have not been the issues other than the one model-specific issue. And I've told people uh, for years now, if you... If you really want a white car, because that's a lot of, I think that's Most number one selling color, uh, and people prefer it. If your model is available with the pearl, it, it could cost you three to five hundred more because it's considered a special color. Uh, get the pearl white and, and stay away from the solid whites. Good advice. Unless it's a lease and then you don't care, it's a manufacturer's problem. Another good point. And fitting right in with that, Andreas is asking, Alan, I've heard that some OEMs do not apply a clear coat to white cars. I've not looked into this if it is true. I do enjoy a white car, but am I safe or safer with a clear coat on a white car? Um, we are of the opinion that... Uh, most of the manufacturers on our solid whites are not putting clear coat in it. I think they're doing a kind of a what, uh, who was the big paint, uh, aftermarket paint body shops? Uh, Mako. Mako. They, they, they used to have their crystalline process where they would mix the clear with the base to where they could just shoot at one time, you, you know, paint. You paint a lot more cars if you just one coat them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to bake the base and then and then come back with the clear and everything. Uh, but yeah, I, I believe that's the issue with the solid white cars is they're putting so very little of it on, and plus it's a one-step process over the top of the sealer, and I think the ultraviolet rays are breaking down the the primer sealer, and so the paint has no good foundation. To I got a crazy, had a crazy thought. I know, yeah. I know the answer is no. Uh, could you buy if you bought a white car without clear coat? Could you have it clear coated? Yeah, when I bought my truck, uh, that's the first thing I did was have them take the front bumper off and uh, paint it and put it back on. How much uh, does that cost? Um. Just to clear coat a white car, yeah. take all the door handles out, belt yeah. moldings, pull the glass, just to scuff it and clear coat it. I'm going to say three to thirty-four hundred bucks. From three hundred to thirty-four hundred, that's pretty wide range. Uh, he's, I think, three thousand oh, to thirty. Oh, three thousand. Three thousand to thirty-four hundred. <laughs> okay. And a, and a retail. So in other words, it's almost the same thing. price as painting the car. Yeah. Well, no, it's a couple more grand to, to, to actually do the whole paint process on okay. a car. But just scuffing yeah. and, and clear coat. We can rule that out. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not a... Expensive. Moving right along. Uh, Edlin says, here in Georgia, and hello, Edlin, up in Georgia. We're, yeah. we're reaching right out. You don't have to accept the diminished value. You can get your own appraisal. Uh, you can fight it yep. instead of accepting the minimum. And let's see here. Okay. Uh, 
Andres also making a comment. It says, I use my side view mirrors every time I drive. They make me a better driver. And Linda comes back with a comment of, pray that the sunlight does not block your view on the screen when you're using those camera views on your car. So good point. Watch for the watch for that sun glare. Good point. And let's see. Steve Ward stating, I would think that WD forty would remove wax, meaning automobile wax, and therefore not be so great for the paint. There's there's petroleum products in WD forty. I had a guy that was a window installer and he told me not to spray the locks with WD-40 but to use silicone uh, for lubrication because the WD-40 had petroleum in it. When I, when I used to build locks it was uh, always graphite that you used. Mm-hmm. The, the Maybe powder. that's what it was. Dry graphite. Like pencil yep. Because it had uh, no moisture in it. Yeah. it. didn't Because when you when you put tumblers in a lock everything is such a close tolerance. You yeah. either if you were going to use a lubricant, I would think like machine oil. Um, but even that, it, I was always told when I built locks, graphite, a dry yep. lubricant. Graphite's the best for a lock. That's yep. That I know for sure. But, but the, the question was, does a WD-40 take anything of the wax off? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay, I, there's your I, answer. I don't believe so. That's a, that's a question for a chemist, but my, my gut is no. Better yeah. Google yeah. that. Well, what what I would think, if you're going to get a bumper sticker off and you need that adhesive off, I'd use the WD-40 and then take a few minutes, just re-wax that bumper area, and you're good. Well, you wouldn't be able to wax on top of the, of the well, WD-40. Well, yeah, you'd wash so that slick, off first. You'd yeah. have to use uh, either lacquer thinner or dish soap at home to get yep. all the WD-40 off, and it would take some scrubbing because it's such a, a nice slick. Yeah. Uh, Yep. I could, I could I do a whole WD-40. show on all of these lubricants. Would you agree to that? No. You wouldn't? No. Oh, you know that we use a lot of lubricants at home. Okay, and uh, Edlin has also mentioned that Honda has a recall out for the 2018 Honda Accord. And I looked that up real quick. The 18 Accord and 19 Insight have bad software that can disable the backup camera. Hmm. So if you have one of those new Hondas... Check your car for recalls and get to the dealership to get that taken care of. I'd like to know a car that doesn't have a recall. Uh, you know, it's it, I've never I've been in the business for fifty years. I have never seen so many recalls. My Tacoma pickup has no open recalls, and so to, from two thousand thirteen, it has not had a single recall on is that, that truck. Right? Yeah. My goodness. Well, it, it is. It's a good thing because I think everybody is aware now that uh, NHTSA is going to be on you. Yep. And they're check, they're checking these cars now. Uh, I saw where Mercedes got in trouble because NHTSA hit them because they had advised them of a recall and they just sat on their hands for a long, long time. Oh, find a millions of dollars. So. Uh, the government's on all the recalls. That's a good thing. The bad thing is the regulators are not enforcing the rules yeah. on getting the recalls taken care of and not and still allowing dealers to sell cars that have dangerous recalls. And we have a mystery shopping report coming up pretty soon that's okay. going to address that particular issue. I got just two more here, and we'll blaze through them real quick. Uh, Steve Ward says, I printed your good dealer, bad dealer list. Can I suggest that you add the letter grade to each dealer? The grades of A through F, the additional information, would be welcome. Good idea. That's a great idea. Steve Ward, thank you. Jeff Davis says, 
is the Supra really coming back, the Toyota Supra? And I can answer that one with a definitive, yes, it is. And it will have a BMW driveline in it. BMW and Toyota are working together to make a very incredible, interesting car. Mm. It's coming back very, very soon. Probably within the next six to eight months, we'll see them. Exciting. So it's not going to be a 19 now. It's going to be a, a 20 model? Probably. But it, probably, it might yet make it for 19. It'll probably come in calendar year 2019, but they'll call it a 20. And we are caught up on the text. Very exciting. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me uh, let me talk about um, our blog. And I happen to have a copy of Florida Weekly here. And this is our current blog, which is uh, entitled, Attorney General, Please Enforce Florida's Law Regulating Advertised Car Price. I noticed they took the name Pam Bondi off of my headline, but uh, there's our picture right there. Yeah. Uh, having to do with the fact that we have some very serious laws on the books regulating dealer fees. We don't have enough, but even the few that we do have are not being enforced, namely the fact that you're supposed to include the dealer fee, which is just added profit to the dealer in the advertised price of the car. Car dealers are not doing that. What they call complying with the law is in the fine print they will say plus dealer fee now i ask you what good does that do a consumer to look at a car price being advertised and then having the fine print plus dealer fee when they don't tell you how much the dealer fee is there's a dealer in coconut creek florida that has over three thousand dollars in dealer fees now if he's advertising a price in the online or on television and the fine print says plus dealer fees do you know that's going to be three thousand dollars higher no some dealers charge five hundred dollars some charge a thousand two thousand there's no cap or regulation on how much you charge for a dealer fee so we say to the attorney general of the state of florida enforce the law help the consumers not get ripped off by car dealers. It's a great read. Be, be sure to pick up that Florida Weekly or the Hometown News. Um, I think that we're going to go straight to the uh, Mystery Shopping Report. Well, we've got, a, we uh, yeah, we've got, yeah, that's right. Uh, we got two more texts here. Can we do those quickly and then I'll get to it? Okay. <clears throat> um, one of them we're going to need, probably need to forward this on to Stu or, or one of the fellows at the shop back at the dealership. Uh, Let's see, Robert and Stewart is asking, we're going to purchase a new 4Runner. For resale value, which is best, the Limited or the TRD Pro? I think that would need to go to one of our sales experts, probably. I would I would probably say the TRD Pro, but I'm guessing. And uh, we would have to go online to look that up. And Stu, uh, who is uh, at a meeting this week, uh, will have to check that and we'll get back to you. Those are some beautiful vehicles, though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah right. so supply and demand. But I, I would think that uh, when you're done with it and you're ready to sell it, the Limited is going to have a greater audience of potential uh, customers. It's all, supply, it. it's all supply and yeah. demand. Anything, that's the reason I don't know the precise answer, but if you have a car that has few products and a lot of the buyers, then the demand goes up. And Look the, at Jeeps. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> exactly. Okay, and the last one. Jeff from West Palm Beach is asking, is it true if you have a black car that will make the inside of your car hotter? Yes. 
That's Absolutely. pretty much yes, it is. Because they just hold as, the heat. Yeah, I've read as much as 20 to 30 degrees difference. Is that right? White, white versus black. I, That's I a lot. I knew it was yeah. not, but I didn't know it was that high. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we give you a lot of sites to go to. Uh, I have to remind you, youranonymousfeedback.com. We'd love to hear from you and uh, help us to uh, make changes or keep things the way they are. Youranonymousfeedback.com. And also another great website is ismycarrecalled.com. And you uh, can uh, check out you know, uh, all these recalls that are going on. You can enter a VIN number, and it makes it uh, uh, very easy. So, uh, and another one is safercard.org. So there's a lot of websites. Dot gov. Uh, gov, Safer Gov. Dot gov. Gov, okay. Yeah. I have it, do I have it uh, down row. Okay, we're drowning, we're drowning you in websites, <laughs> and I'm going to give you one that Nancy just gave you again. Because last week I forgot to do it, and we didn't get any replies. Uh, what we're doing here is something nobody else does, kind of like our mystery shopping report, which I will be looking at just in a second. But anonymous feedback is important, and people will use anonymous yeah. uh, feedback. Well, otherwise, they wouldn't say anything. You can call the show, text the show, post on Facebook. People don't like to be identified sometimes when they're being critical. And some people just like to converse without having to be exposed to um, invasion of their privacy. I'm not sure the psychological reasons for why people will say things anonymously that they wouldn't otherwise say. So the website, to repeat what Nancy just said, is simply youranonymousfeedback.com. Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S feedback.com. Youranonymousfeedback.com. If you'll use that website, Tell it like it is. Say anything you want. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will look at it. And uh, we will respond if you provide for it. On the Your Anonymous Feedback, you can ask for a response. If you ask for a response, we will positively respond. And uh, even if you don't check that, and it's interesting and pertinent, we will talk about it next week. YourAnonymousFeedback.com, www.your anonymousfeedback.com. Now let's get into the mystery shopping report, and this is something that sets us apart from every other radio show in the world. Nobody does this. This is better than 60 minutes. Mystery shop of Hollywood Chrysler Jeep. That's going pretty far south for us. We're in North Palm Beach. This week we mystery shopped a Chrysler dealership all the way down in the heart of Broward County. Hollywood Chrysler Jeep. Our mystery shopping team was led there during our hunt for the deadly Takata afflicted used cars that are still being sold with zero restrictions from any government agency to unsuspecting consumers. That every time I read that, I don't believe it. It just is so crazy that our legislators and our regulators allow this to happen. We try to learn a little bit about this fairly large car dealership, about 400 new vehicles and 130 used vehicles in stock. It's a pretty good-sized dealership, Hollywood Chrysler uh, Jeep. Uh, but we couldn't find much. Uh, we believe Hollywood Chrysler Jeep is owned by a man named uh, Faisal Ahmed, and it's been in business for 56 years, although we don't know if it's been under the same ownership for all that time. That's a long time for a car dealership to be in one place. 
Hollywood Chrysler Jeep has a robust online presence, pretty decent online reviews. Their website is modern, well-designed, and it was easy to find our car listed for sale. A 2008, that's getting back there, 2008 Honda Civic with an asking price of $5,999. We ran the VIN on safercar.gov and found it was under a safety recall for defective passenger side to car to cut airbag inflator. There are parts available, but this vehicle has remained unfixed since June 14, 2016. Now, does, does that shake you up as much as it does me? This car, 10 years old, with a defective airbag inflator that degrades over time, that is in South Florida's high heat and humidity. South Florida, by the way, Florida, has the highest number of deaths, injuries, and accidents in general as a result of the Takata airbag. So this time bomb has been around since uh, 2008. Uh, really kind of scary. Hadn't been fixed. This Honda poses an enormous risk to anyone who rides in it. Uh, that explosive accelerant, that's exactly what the accelerant does. It doesn't inflate, it explodes. And it breaks the steel canister. And it flies in your face to steel fragments the shrapnel like a hand grenade and uh, here it is for sale still not fixed after all these years agent x agreed to go out and literally risk his life and limb and check it out here's a report speaking in the first person as if i were agent x we had a hard time finding our target it was frustrating work but it made me feel good that our efforts are helping to clean up dodge i thought it was appropriate when we found our target vehicle at a Dodge dealership. A little humor there. The internet price of the 2008 Honda Civic with 120,000 miles was $5,999. And that was displayed as a discount off the retail price of 7998 I just got to throw this in. Yeah. There's a new sheriff in town in Dodge. Huh. <laughs> Matt Stewart. Sorry, that one had to come in. <laughs> I was curious, so I booked it out on kellybluebook.com. Fair purchase price was uh, ranged between $4,800 and $5,900. So this one was just at the upper end of what Kelly Blue Book considers fair. Not bad so far. I called ahead, asked for a salesperson. I was put on hold and waited uh, for a long, long time. I hung up, called back, same thing. I had to get going, so I decided to risk it and head down without confirming the availability of the target vehicle. That's a long drive from North Palm Beach to Hollywood. I figured it was hard for the telephone operator to find a salesperson because of the last day of the month, and that's a true, true uh, urban legend. Uh, it is not an urban legend. It's true. You can get a good deal, a better deal. At the end of the month, they were probably extremely busy. I arrived around noon. It wasn't busy at all. So, so much for that theory. I saw a big, good, a big group of salespeople outside near the side of the showroom. Again, if you just tuned in, this is Hollywood Chrysler Jeep in Hollywood, Florida. I was aware that the gang of salespeople were watching me park, and I got out of the car. No one approached me. I was able to make it inside without anyone making contact with me, and I found the receptionist. She asked me if I'd been helped. I said I hadn't. I told her I had seen a used car online want to see about buying it. She said she'd get someone to assist me and walked over to another group of salespeople gathered by the office. A lot of salespeople at this dealership and none of them with much to do, which it was the end of the month. <coughs> so there you go. 
She came back with Miguel. We introduced ourselves. I showed him the printout of the Honda listing. He see he would see if the keys were still in the key machine. Walked away, returned right away with the keys, said it was available, and told me to follow him. He led me to the Civic. I'd seen online. It looked a little worse than what I expected a 10-year-old car should look like. The paint was faded. The interior was worn and smelled old. The armrest was torn. And the driver's side visor, window visor would not stay up. <laughs> but Pretty that was at the upper end of the fair range. Exactly, yeah. Well, it's 10 years old. and. Yeah. What can I tell you? Uh, Miguel uh, popped the hood for me. The engine compartment was a mess. Dirty. Looked like old oil everywhere. I asked Miguel if this thing has been through their shop and checked out mechanically. Miguel said, oh, yeah. We put every through every car through our 120-point inspection. Unfortunately, loosed, uh, uh, what is it, I, the uh, eye rest or whatever you call it. The visor. The visor. visor. I couldn't think of yeah. it. It's not on the 120-point inspection and also cleaning the engine. And well, it was inspected. That's was just inspected. all they did was look yeah. at it. Ah. But when he told me the car was as is, I asked him what that meant. He replied that there may be some minor issues here, and they sort of verify all the safety items were in order. Interestingly enough, the as is, I'll expound on that a little bit, as is is a legal term. And uh, as is simply means that when you buy that car and you drive over the curb, that's the end of it. Uh, as is is a disqualifier for any sort of liability by the by the dealer when he sold the car. And there's an official sticker on used cars that has to be on the car if it is sold as is. So when you see as is, forget about anything happening to the car that you're going to be able to have paid for later. It just won't happen. I asked him if the Honda had ever been in an accident. Miguel said that when we get back, he'd... Uh, check with the manager, look at the Carfax report, and see if there were any prior accidents. We got back to the dealership and got right to the numbers right off the bat. Miguel told me that the price was, and he saw it already online, $5,999. Uh, applicable only if financed with them. Now, I've seen that a couple times before. It's outrageous. It's illegal. Uh, it's a flagrant violation of the law. It's a violation, I believe, of the Truth in Lending Act. You cannot tie the price of anything together with the financing. You can't advertise a camera, a refrigerator, a car, or anything else and say, that's the price, and then the fine print, but you have to finance it. Obviously, the reason being, if you control the financing and the interest rate, you can so you can advertise a product for a very low price and then hammer them on the interest rate and make more money that way than you did if you sold the car at a higher price. So what they did is strictly illegal, shocking. And when I say Earl Sterling Cars, Mr. Shopping Report is unique, here's one reason, because I'm naming a name and I'm telling you that this company is breaking the law. And they're not going to sue me because the truth is a perfect defense against libel and slander. Um, I, I, shot, I was shocked. I made a big deal out of it. Miguel said he was sorry, uh, but the price would be higher unless we finance with Hollywood Chrysler Jeep. I asked him to tell me the price, and he left to ask a manager. He came back with a price that was $1,500, $1,500 higher because I'm not going to finance 
with Hollywood <laughs> Chrysler Jeep. Gives you kind of an idea how much they were going to make off the financing, yeah. huh? Yeah, at least fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. The average profit on financing for car dealers is over two thousand dollars. They make more money on the financing than they do on the sale of the car. Uh, Miguel said, and I don't know what this means. <laughs> Don't let your head twist around like that. You, you missed the line where Agent X stood up and said he yelled at him. He had to be kidding. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Miguel didn't seem too disturbed, and he went back to talk to the sales manager. Um, after he talked to the sales manager, he said, they really wanted to sell me the car. They would do the Internet price for me, even if I didn't finance with them. So <laughs> they called the bluff, and they came down, and... This is called haggling. I don't have a problem with haggling and negotiating. Actually, I do, but it's legal. There's nothing illegal about haggling and hassling. Car dealers do it all the time, and there's no law against it. I guess it originated back during the horse trading days, haggling and hassling. But it is illegal to tie the financing to the price of the car, and that's what they did. And Hollywood Chrysler Jeep did break the law. I said I wasn't sure if I still wanted to buy the car. I told Miguel their pricing game left a bad taste in my mouth, and I was concerned about the safety of the Honda. I told him, considering the broken visor and dirty engine compartment, that I wasn't impressed with their 120-point inspection. I asked him to tell me what other safety issues this car had. Now, when we do a Takata shop like this, we press them over and over, three times typically, and sometimes more, asking them, you know, redeem yourself, tell me the truth. So again, we say, are there any safety issues? He saw, and he said there were none. So he failed the Takata test miserably. He showed me the buyer's order in big green Sharpie pen. His boss had written ad price and a line where I could sign indicating my commitment to buy. The price was back to $5,999, but... They added an $899.99 dealer fee. Can we call that $900? A whopping $762 for license, title, lemon law, and third-party tag. So they lumped all that together, tax and tag. And I can assure you, $762 is far more than the actual tax and tag was. So they have a hidden dealer fee within the license, title, lemon law, third-party along with the $900. I objected to the dealer fee. I said I'd never pay it. McGill told me that I wouldn't ever be able to buy a car because all dealers charge dealer fees. I told him I knew of a few big dealers like Mullinex and Stewart that do not. I told him he needed to go back to the boss. He left to go see the manager. Miguel came back with another buyer's order. This one had a price of $5,100 plus all the same fees. <laughs> He said his boss backed out the dealer fee. Well, he backed out 800 of it. 800 of it, or 900 Well, it, yeah. 900 of it. He said this was a favor, and he seemed pretty smug about it. <clears throat> so the lesson to be learned there is, yes, you can argue about the dealer fee, and yes, you can sometimes get them to back it out. It's rare that they will do that, but in this case... They did, and as Rick said, they didn't back out all of the dealer fees because they have a couple hidden inside with the tax and tag. The way to find out if a, a fee is a dealer fee, now remember dealer fee is a generic term because I've seen dealers advertise 
no dealer fees, and they charge something else by a different name, which yep. legally is a dealer fee. So the definition, and this was in my blog, by the way, to uh, Pam Bondi, where I said, Pam Bondi, Attorney General, please enforce Florida laws. In this blog in Florida Weekly and the Hometown News and online, I said that there are multiple names that dealers charge for dealer fee, doc fee, documentary fee, administrative fee, uh, electronic filing fee, e-filing fee, limited only by the dealer's imagination. And this is what Hollywood Chrysler Jeep is doing. They're naming something different than a dealer fee and the saying they took the dealer fee off. They took one dealer fee off. They didn't take them all off. I pick up the buyer's order, stood up, but Miguel stopped me. He said the buyer's order were dealership property. I was trying to take the buyer's order with me, and I couldn't leave with it. I asked him if I could take a picture. He looked around and said, yeah, hurry up. So we took a picture of his buyer's order. That's something that car dealers typically will not allow you to leave with. Sometimes you have to come up with an excuse. good excuse is I need to show it to my credit union so I can get the check and come back and buy the car from you. Oftentimes they'll let you have the buyer's order then. In this case here, they let Agent X take a picture of it. Bottom line is uh, Hollywood Chrysler Jeep failed the Takata test and also engaged in some pretty slimy old-school car tactics. That is the understatement of all time. So here we are at the voting thing. Did we get any uh, text votes? I forgot Not to. Not yet. Yes. Uh, you can text us or post us a vote on this, A, B, C, D, F. Uh, do you pass or do you uh, fail uh, Hollywood Chrysler Jeep? We have five minutes left, so you have time to get your vote in. And uh, we're going to start posting the votes, by the way, thanks to Steve Ward's suggestion, on our good dealer, bad dealer list. So let's uh, poll from inside. Rick, I'll go with you. On a scale of A to F, how do you grade Hollywood Chrysler Jeep? Oh, I I, I got to give them an F all the way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, they didn't do it much right, did they? They just had it. They had it so bad it just. Yeah. It, oh, we score on the curve too, by the way. And when we say a dealer fails, that means among all the dealers, which are not really very good anyway, this is a, uh, this is one of the worst. Inmates and sinks. Yeah, I'd, I'd be running yeah. away from that place in a Definitely. heartbeat. Exactly. Definitely. This is the kind of dealership that keeps the uh, keeps us at the bottom of exactly. the Gallup poll, and uh, F all the way around. F. Alan. Yeah, I. Uh, they're they failed at everything from the moment he pulled up, uh, and they stayed ganged up, which most people feel intimidated uh, by that. You, know, you always feel like they're talking about you, you yeah. know, when they watch you walk in yeah. and they're, yeah. they're all friends. And, yeah. But I'm going to, if if I could go lower than an F, I would. Yeah. Uh, but F and F for sure, and I'm not sure that I've ever done an FF. Yeah, double but. F. Um, I would have failed them strictly on the fact they broke the law. I think you've got to draw the line somewhere, and we do grade on the curve. But if we didn't fail a dealer for breaking the law, uh, I think we would be remiss. So that failed them. Uh, the deliberate deception on the Takata airbag. They have the Carfax report. The Carfax report does dic- disclose. In fact, we have a copy of the disclosure uh, f- from the shopping report that uh, they did have that information right in front of them. They looked at it. We know they looked at it. Here's the uh, Carfax report, and they do clearly show that 
It had the Takata airbag on the passenger side unfixed uh, for several years. I think 2016, uh, mm -hmm. 2015, before they, and still hasn't been fixed. Uh, and I also wouldn't fail them on the dealer fee because all car dealers charge dealer fees, but that would fail them because they lied about the dealer fee. They had a dealer fee that they took off, actually, but they left the other dealer fees on. So they lied and they broke the law. That's a double whammy, and that's the reason they got a F minus. Yep. As a matter of fact, Linda, Doug, and Jeff all agree. F grades right across the board. Okay. Pretty hard to do that. It is pretty hard. <coughs> is that the worst we've ever had? I've, I remember there was another dealer I used those words on. I can't remember who it was, but this Hollywood Chrysler Jeep may be the worst shopping report that we've ever had. I think that's very likely. Yeah. Yeah, usually there's at least one of us that can find just some little glimmer of hope for a dealer. Mm -hmm. So the really bad ones, one of us might give them a C or a D. I don't remember ever uh, across the board Fs. Exactly. I agree. You know, that's a long <coughs> way to go. But I have to, I have to say that we need to go back to Hollywood. And we won't do it next week or maybe not the week after. Or maybe we will. I just want you never know Hollywood Jeep, uh, Chrysler Jeep. I want you to be aware that we're coming back in. And we're going to give you a chance to redeem yourself, and we can put you on the recommended list. So that's what we do. We don't ever just hit somebody once. And it goes the other way, too. If we pass a dealer and put them on the list, we go back. We try to hit everybody as often as we can. But check up on them and verify them. Exactly. Let's make sure they're still towing the line. Exactly. Uh, mystery shop of Hollywood Chrysler Jeep. Absolutely. Hollywood. I think we, we've got about a minute to go. And... Uh, I will add. Can I a, throw one quick thing? Please do. www.safercar.gov. Exactly. Folks, if you get anything out of this show, that's probably the most important yeah. thing ever. Very important. And one, Check uh, one, other, one other important thing. There's an article today in the Miami Herald about the uh, hurricane cars. And as you all know, we've had a lot of hurricanes and a lot of flooding. And these cars come flooding into Florida. Uh, to use that term, because Florida is a place where they can sell a lot of these cars, because a lot of car dealers down here will sell the car without disclosure. They'll clean them up, they'll wash them up, take them to your mechanic, take them to somebody like Alan or Rick or somebody that is an expert, put them up on the rack, study the car. About the only way you can really say for sure if a car's been in a flood. But heads up now on flood cars. Absolutely. Great information. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here at Earl Stewart on Cars, and we will be back next Saturday morning. Thank you.